The Trek Files, Season 8, Episode 10, Itic Memo, and Is There in Truth No Beauty, 1968. Welcome to The Trek Files, a look into the archives of Roddenberry Entertainment from the personal files of Gene Roddenberry. And now your host, Dr. Trek, Larry Nemechek. Well, welcome back, Star Trek fans, all you Star Trek historians out there. Yes, you history buffs. Hey, you canonistas, I say that lovingly. I mean all of you Trekophiles, spelled with an F. This week, let's return to a conversation that I was privileged to have with the great original series director Ralph Sinensky about his various episode assignments in the original series. So take a look at the documents we have for you this week at our page, facebook.com slash the Trek Files. Here's a brief sample, an audio sample. Stick around and I'll be right back with more of this great dialogue with Ralph. Symbology of the Itic. There are two basic shapes and two basic colors and textures, i.e. the circle and the triangle. Generally, they represent that all things meaningful or beautiful are created by the joining together of different things. The pyramid can represent man and logic, while the circle represents all of creation, i.e. man and creation joined together to create beauty. Also, the triangle pyramid represents man and the circle represents woman, and the jewel represents the beauty that they're joining together is capable of creating. Yes, we are talking about, is there in truth no beauty? As we rejoin my chat with Ralph, listen as he mentions the irony of double-casting Diana Muldor, first in her natural brown hair we just saw as Dr. Anne Mulhall for Return to Tomorrow, and here in jet black hair as Dr. Miranda Jones, the blind empath who is the center of this story along with Kolos, the Medusan ambassador. Listen also as Ralph refers to actor David Frankham as Larry Marvick. Now, the Tholian web would follow as his seventh and final project, and it was an infamous one, as we've heard before, but for right now, directing Star Trek was still all about juggling the many complicated aspects of the show, including the legion of crew and actors and even producers who all were by now so manic about the show. Maybe most of all, Gene Roddenberry himself. Listen to what happened when Ralph ran into that situation. Gene's memo about the Itic pin may have been the foundation of a diversity concept that we all take for granted now as so Vulcan and so Star Trek. But in 1968, his cast took it as a crass product placement. Now, we first covered that moment back in episode 2.9, but here we get to see it from Ralph's point of view. So let's jump right into it as I continue with Ralph. So, third season, and oh. they do a deal with you for two at a time, and Is There in Truth No Beauty is the first one. Again, with Diana, and I read your story about having her back where they didn't want to... Re as, as opposed well, to a lot of the shows that did have people back well, all the they time. Well, they had told... They, they, I mean, uh, I, I have 
people comments being left, you know, that are sometimes almost accusing me of being stupid because why am I saying that if if all these other people were coming back except I knew that I mean it was that their policy that they did not re- mm-hmm. they did not repeat guest stars. It was just well, and it sounds like you had to argue. Bob Justman was still there. Oh yes, and you still had to yeah until you turned him. Huh? Until you convinced him otherwise. Well, no, we, we, we tried. We, I remember we made an offer to Jessica Walter, mm-hmm. and we just couldn't find anybody. I mean, good actresses, they, they worked. And they, you know, the mm-hmm. fact that you wanted somebody, you couldn't be sure. I mean, I, 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 I lost actors many times that I wanted to get because they, they, were, they were booked. Yeah. And so I suggested then, of course, you know, if you, the great line of Justman uh, and Daly's <laughs> the first time, I wonder what you look like in a red wig. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. You, you convinced him to yeah, oh, oh, yeah. put a black wig on her and we can use her and no one cares. Yeah. Well, they care. So here's a, here's a, a had nothing to do with you or the writer or the cast, aside from how they were, got involved, but totally on the side. I guess this is part of the big picture of Gene's "quote unquote" stepping back and having Fred Freiberger. And what was well, what was it like to work with Fred Freiberger? Before we get to Thule and Webb, what was it like? To- well, I, I, I don't remember the two shows I did. I, the only meeting I ever had that I remember with Fred Freiberger was when he fired me. Mm, nothing before. No, no. Well, who did the who did who was the go between on the "Is There in Truth No Beauty" script? Still go between. They just give you the script, and you know you work with a casting director, and you get okay. a, 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 that. That was episodic television. You did not sit down and talk. I mean, you got your script, and uh, and, and it was a good part of it. I mean, that you didn't sit down and have somebody tell you how how they wanted you to do it. They just gave you the script and. And if they liked it, they'd have you back. And if they didn't like yeah, it, they you'd yeah, never talk to me. Yeah. Absolutely. So here's there's a moment they tried to do this earlier. So here's Gene had pulled back. I'm air quoting, but he came in basically with what now we call the idic simple, the Vulcan. Well, the he infinite came in because he got a phone call. Okay, okay. Let me let me let me. So he wanted to the, the crass version of this is he wanted to have have a pin, sell this jewelry piece, have Spock wear it, and something to sell. Um, and he had a whole little dialogue bit, and they tried to insert it earlier in another show in a, in a teaser thing, and it didn't work out. So it comes in where it's in this scene, and Spock has the moment where he explains he's wearing it. Okay, but apparently it was a late addition, and the you tell me then the actors uh, he said, "Say, oh, you can say this and this and this, and we're you know we'll do it, and please get an emphasis shot of an insert of it or whatever." And the actors rebelled because they yeah, thought it was too. That I'm aware. So tell me your. I, I, did, I, I didn't know that it had been tri- that they had tried to do it before. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've never heard that. I just know that on and this was on a white white paged our, our white page script. It was just in there and uh, ported on Monday morning, and I wasn't sure why uh, Bill and. Leonard hadn't said anything before, except, uh, you know, I tell you, the schedule, whether they even got a chance to read the script 
over the weekend with having to learn the lines for Monday daily on the script before. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they came in and uh, uh, Leonard and, and some of this I knew and some of this I learned later. But that Leonard called Fred Freiberger as we got to arrived on the set, called Fred Freiberger you know, to complain about it, and Fred Freiberger would have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. And so Leonard called Gene Roddenberry, and Gene came to the set, and we spent a half a day. We had spent a half a day with Leonard and Bill and Gene Roddenberry in discussion, and the rest of us, the cast, uh, and me, just off to the side. I mean, we, we were not involved in the conversation. So and the crew's cooling its heels? Huh? The crew is cooling its heels while the clock mm-hmm. is going by? Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're probably not even on, on the soundstage. Or, they, they weren't even around. I mean, they, they were not around to hear. This, a half a day to confer over this sounds like amazing. And when they're talking about cutting it, it, budgets it, 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 and well, they're pinching well, pennies. Well, well no, uh, Maybe not the full half a day. I mean, but okay. almost all of the morning. I'm mixing that up with the half a day that I lost. On, <laughs> oh well, that's, yeah, that's uh, a separate. It, that's you know, a separate saga. Uh, separate headache. But you definitely remember this. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, what was it? How did it? How did it, it? Didn't really involve you aside from what no, you were going to no, shoot. No, no, I'm, I'm just there. You know, just. So are you like, what is the big deal, guys? Or do you? Oh, I totally get it. Or no, 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 no just, just at that point you just sit. And you know that's what's happening. It's Those, their it's their fight. Yeah, I'm not involved, and there's no way that that I need to be involved. Right. I mean, it's not my thing is to direct it. My thing is not to, to decide what's right. in the script. Well, your thing is just tell me when you're ready to go, guys. Yeah, I'll, yeah, I'm yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. 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 But you definitely remember it. Oh me. yes, yes, because then after that, when uh, Finally, Gene, uh, you know, Gene Roddenberry said that he would rewrite the scene. And now I was left with three or four short, very short pieces in the corridor. And I, so I at least I wanted to have something more substantial for the next day. Uh, you know. Right. So that was when I asked Diana and David. There was, they had a, a, a that, they have a very important scene, and uh, most good actors have the script memorized before you know, the whole thing is memorized, and then the night before, when for whatever scene, then they dig down, dig right. in. So I asked them if they, you know, if they knew the scene, and they they said, yeah. So I said, well, let's, so we did it, and I, you know, and to this day, I'm in contact with David a lot, and uh, he, you know, he comments that, you know, th- feels that they didn't quite do what they wanted to do, but that's the actor, because right. I just think that the scene is fine. Yeah, we're talking about the scene that that, that, you know, that, yeah. that, that, that they did. Because there's more going on in the scene than talking about that. It was, it was kind of. Oh, uh, Oh no! I'm talking yeah. about the scene they did in her in her room. Right. Okay. Okay. That, that, that's the scene we we did that to day fill, to fill in to to fill in so that right. I would have a substantial scene to show the next day, and that was what Robert Justman said. I wonder what she'll look like in a red wig. Yeah. On so they didn't get their final 
they're they're sharpening prep. They basically yeah. you jump the scene a day yeah. Yeah. on them. Yeah. When their fault, when yeah. your fault. Yeah. But it, and I've worked slowly enough and we you know took the time. Mm-hmm. And uh it been and actually took the time, but not that much time. I mean the, the actors are really, really very actors like that are very accomplished. Very accomplished and I Great, great respect for them. Yeah, and at the top of their game and everything. Well, I just, I wonder, because that's, that's just a, a little moment that just in the last few years has kind of come yeah. to light. And then, and then you know, the final scene, uh, the final attic scene came, and what Gene did mostly was he just trimmed it. It didn't really, mm-hmm. I mean, didn't do a major thing, just trimmed it, and it's still in there, but it's not in there as, you know. Yeah. So on the nose. On the nose. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can get yours, kids, for only nine ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So now we come down to Tholin Webb. Well, let's go back to oh. this one because oh, the edit on it that you, huh? yeah. the, the edit that you, yeah, yeah, because I mean, I the script for in Is There in Truth So Beauty was by I think Judy Burns, mm-hmm. and she had never written a script before. I mean, it was brand new talent, and it was fresh. It was fresh, and I... Oh, it was Jean Lurisset. Huh? Judy Jean, Burns' yeah, th- Tholian. Yeah, of, of, the, of, of Tholian. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Because they, well, they both were mm-hmm. brand new. I mean, I, and mm-hmm. both because of that, those scripts were, were fresh and were better scripts than other stuff that was being turned in. And if that show had both just... Both women. Huh? Both women. And both women. Uh-huh. Both women... Uh, and if if the post production work that Freiberger did on that show had not been done, I think that show would, would have ended up close to being as good as Metamorphosis. Mm. But the changes you're talking about. Were uh, well, the- it, it was was he, he didn't change anything. He just added the the effect of 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 the, of the uh, ambassador. Of that. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, monsterifying it a little yeah, bit. Yeah. 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 And and did it in added these effects in scenes that he really changed the meaning of the scene by doing it. I mean, he he, mm-hmm. he really picked that up. Guess you can't use that part. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're you'd be amazing what we can do these days. No, good, good. no, no. I know it's because it's a very it's a love story, a very delicate you know yeah, tragedy, yes. and uh, and he was turning it into something into a monster movie. Yeah, and the ambassador was not a monster. Yeah, he was not a monster. It was just a being that you couldn't look at, but I mean, superior intelligence, yeah. and yeah. And the minute you you do that, you, it's like, uh, yeah. You know, Ralph's clever time save there really seems sadly ironic in light of the stated reason for his firing. In just another couple of weeks, incompetence. He certainly was not an incompetent director. In fact, here he delivers a great haunting episode thanks to his actors and a wonderful script as he notes himself it does not seem fair but at least ralph has the satisfaction of knowing his entire body of work speaks for itself i'm I'm so glad to have had this conversation it's so great to be sharing it with you here and again a little bit of an offbeat format for us on the trek files 
The Trek Files is produced by Roddenberry Entertainment. All of our documents and your chance to comment are available at facebook.com slash thetrekfiles. Now for more deep diving of Star Trek behind the scenes, visit Dr. Trek in Portal 47. Uh, yeah, that's me. At LarryNimacek.com. Now that's where you can link in for all the new Trek Files swag and shirts at our Tee Public shop, too. Trek well, everybody. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.